This is NHI Notables with Ernesto Nieto, recorded at the National Hispanic Institute in Maxwell, Texas. Natalia Palmerini, yes. New York, the Big Apple. This is Ernesto yes. Nieto. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. There were any number of NHIers that I've been wanting to interview. And as you okay. know, I always have a reason for interviewing someone. So uh, I, <laughs> I, uh, there's a reason for calling you. There's a reason for wanting to talk to you. And Good actually recording your message and your thoughts about a lot of things. So uh, first, before I begin, how, how are you? How's your family? Family's good. Family's good. Uh, trying to convince them to move to Texas. So it's been interesting lately. So you see, you get a little Texas heat on you, a little Texas blood in you, and um, yeah, and it becomes like a fever, and it's non, it, it never goes away. Anyway, let me start no, out by just, uh, just generally going over what I wanted to talk about. You go to Villanova, you participate in NHI programs, you go to Villanova, you're there for four years, you do well with your academics, and then you graduate. And one of the things we're very interested in is what happens to NHIers after they graduate and what happens to them in terms of their former connections versus life outside of college, life now beginning in the fast lanes of work and being home. And so I'm going to start with my right. first question. You just graduated when? I graduated in 2016, so almost two years ago. Hard to believe. I know. Time does fly. Can, can, <laughs> can, can, can you kind of just briefly go into making the adjustment? Uh, or is there anything you would want to share with someone about who's currently in college and then suddenly being out in that cold world called the business world? Yeah. Um, so making the adjustment from going and being in New York to going to college or being out of college? Let's try both. Let's go on, Let's go from the big okay, urban so centers we'll, of New York we'll to Illinois. Uh, well, as, as we know, I'm, I'm from New York City and um, like from Manhattan, from the city, grew up there and very urban area, a lot of diversity, a lot of different kinds of people, socioeconomic status and so on and so forth. And then I decided to go to a college that was in a very prim and proper, as I like to say, um, town that was right outside of Philadelphia, um, where everybody was very much upper class. Uh, everybody was uh, white. And though I am half white and half Latina, I very much identify with my Latina half because that is the part that comes out of me the most and gives me most energy. Um, so having a presence on campus is very interesting for me because uh, you know, I, I wasn't a familiar face to everybody else, and everybody was kind of used to a a particular kind of look, particular kind of culture, and that was not something that I had. Um, everybody was from the suburbs, and I was a city kid, and my attitude and my passion and the way that I presented myself very much made me um, stand out and made everybody else a little bit intimidated um, just because I am loud, I am boisterous, and I'm not uh, willing to kind of let my thoughts go unheard. Um, so that definitely was something that kind of threw a wrench into creating friends at first in college. Um, and then along with that comes this wave of anger because 
you don't understand why the policies at the college don't necessarily favor um, the the population that you are from, uh, whether it is a low income class, which is what I grew up in, or being a Latina, um, try to manage myself in that system. So but eventually let, me, I found a way. let me let me ask you a Go question. Ahead. Are you suggesting that you weren't quiet and quiet and reserved? Is that is that what you're saying? I mean, if you know me, that's not very much my thing. Um, yeah, I wasn't very quiet and reserved. And I definitely uh, shook some cages of the people who were creating these policies, including the president, which uh, I, I pretty much told to his face that he was a people pleaser. Um, and being from a Catholic background and actually working for a Catholic organization now, saying that to a priest is, uh, is not necessarily... Um, something you do. But, you know, I, I didn't want somebody else telling me some kind of fluff to make me feel better about going to Villanova. I mean, overall, I love the school. They offer a lot of amazing things. It's a beautiful school. They have, you know, uh, a, a great culture overall. Um, but when it came to the student body, when it came to the policies, there wasn't anything that I could truly benefit from because I spent my time um, when I wasn't studying or doing homework or in classes working because I needed to pay for my tuition and I needed to make sure my bills were covered and I was able to send money home. Um, and doing that as a college student, I wasn't able to reap any of the opportunities like the career fairs or meet, meet any of the people that they were bringing in to network with or be a part of any of the really cool clubs that allow you to get jobs after you graduate. So it was kind of, you know, it was like high school all over again in the sense where I was going to school and I was working. Um, but I was kind of sold this, well, if you go to Villanova, you'll be able to benefit from X, Y, and Z uh, and be a part of all of these different kinds of things. And I never had the time to do that. So let, there wasn't let, anything that was really... Yeah. Go ahead. Let me ask you this question. Did yeah. you Did you feel like you paid some prices or a price for not fitting in? Or, or were you? Did you feel you were exceptional in fitting in, or was there a requirement for fitting in? Did you have to come from a certain background, and were you rejected for not having that background? Um, I wasn't rejected by the school, um, and I don't think that I was directly rejected by or purposely rejected by the student body. I think I was just kind of like this unfamiliar kind of foreign virus in the body. Um, and they're like, what in the world is this? Um, but I, I don't, I think the price that I did pay was that I spent a good year, year and a half just being angry and not fully knowing what to do with that anger to teach myself how to better work in systems that mimicked what that student body was. Um, so I, I think that emotionally it took a, a huge toll on me because I just felt not lost, but just jaded, very jaded. I kind of felt betrayed in a way because Villanova was where I started any try. Well, so here for you me, are. It was like, yeah, here you are, a, a, a young blonde woman. I mean, you don't have dark skin. Uh, you're you're blonde. But I don't and, look and, like and you kind of body. In. What, what, was, what was I want to know? What was the source of anger? Can you kind of walk me through that, or walk us through that? What can you define yeah. some of the sources of anger? I think one of the biggest sources of anger was that 
I was never a part of any of the conversations that were going on. Um, and when I tried to be a part of those conversations, I've had teachers tell me, students tell me that, well, that's not the majority or that doesn't really speak to the population here. So, okay, uh, an example was I, I took an advanced placement speech class um, and I did a speech on what it was like growing up in poverty. And I failed that assignment. And when I spoke to the uh, professor about why I failed, her exact words were, it doesn't speak to the student body. And when you do a speech, you have to be able to hmm. connect with the, the, um, the population you're talking to. The, the popular and thought. I, yeah. And I looked at her and I was like, this was a speech you asked me to do in regards to teaching people. And it is quite obvious that the people at the school do not understand what it is like to grow up in poverty and that people who grow up from a low income background are able to make it to places like Villanova. That everybody grew up in a house and going to a school with the same people from when they started in pre-K all the way to college. Um, you know, we, we have different backgrounds and this is what the assignment was. And I feel like I accomplished that. And I am sorry that none of the kids are able to relate to that. Um, and there was some back and forth about it. And, you know, eventually I did pass because I wasn't taking no for an answer, but it was moments like that where it's like, oh, well, you're not the popular thought. So what you're saying doesn't really matter. And I, I just, I wasn't a fan of that. I wasn't a fan of, of you know, always having to be the kid in the classroom that had the opposite thoughts. Or, or just was, didn't fit in. Always. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a couple of questions. What year did you attend? And did, did you, didn't you go to the freshman program or you went only to the LDZ? No, I, I went to the Northeast Great Debate. Um, well, it wasn't Great Debate then. It was the, the YLC in 2009. I did it at Villanova University. Um, it was the start to an amazing life-changing experience. And I honestly remember those six days as if they happened yesterday. Um, so it, uh, yeah, that's, that's so, my answer. So then you go, <laughs> started you, you, in 2009. you go from there to New York or do you go to another LDZ? No, I actually went to national LDZ uh, in Chicago. Okay. That year we were in Concordia. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know how long they had the LDC there, but we were at Concordia and that was uh, another great experience. I didn't want to go to New York. I wanted to venture out. So it was, it was nice to be with a bunch of Midwesterners who were pretty similar to the Northeast people. Now you also begin to run into some Texans in, in, in Chicago. I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into Texans when I made it to nationals, um, when nationals was still a thing at uh, University of Texas at Austin. So that was the first time I felt the wrath of the RGV um, <laughs> and El Paso and how well-groomed they are in debating and how unprepared I was to compete against them. But, you know, it, it's, all, it's all good. It was a good time. Well, what, what would you say, what, would you, what in your mind distinguishes a kid from Texas versus a kid from the apple, the city of New York? You know, uh, this answer seems to change for me as, as I continue to get older, um, especially now that I'm, I'm the kid from the big apple wanting to go to Texas. Um, I think a, a large part of it is ownership. Uh, in Texas, you can own land, and that's a pretty big deal. And a lot of the parents, or at least the kids that I met, 
that were from Texas, um, you know, their parents had a house and they owned land or they had a business and um, life is very different. You, you, you take ownership of a lot of things and you have a lot of pride uh, because you, you have something to show for it. Whereas in New York, you own your, your personality. You own what you come with, what you bring to the table. Um, a lot of the people from the Northeast, you know, they aren't coming from very affluent backgrounds. So what we have is, is just us and our attitude and our edge. Um, and I think when you kind of put that edge up against the edge of being very prideful and, um, this kind of very Texan mentality of being from this huge state that can pretty much be a country on its own. It's very interesting to kind of see both in, in the same room, uh, especially go head to head, because I think we both wear our, our sleeves and, you know, we're proud to be where we're from and to kind of show that off and, you know, have the competition of who's better. Um, but I think both are, are very beautiful and, and bring a lot to this organization just well, because it's, it's two totally different backgrounds. But, uh, let me ask um, you, let me ask you this. Yeah, let me ask you this other right. question. Um, and uh, I know that you're not necessarily a politically correct person. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to be. <laughs> you try to be, but I don't think it's possible in your life. Yeah. What, <laughs> Villanova, uh, would you go back if you had the same choice? Uh, would you go to some other school? Whatever you no. know now that you didn't know before, and not, that's not to disparage the university. That's simply to talk about the environment you would prefer to be in. Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to another school. I would go back to Villanova, and I would redo everything I did. I, I, I think I would have handled... Now that I, what I know now, and I've dealt with what I've dealt with and kind of uh, sat on everything I went through at Villanova, um, I would go back and do it again just to do everything differently and to grow more from the experience that I was in, in a more positive way than kind of look back and being like, ugh, when I was in college because of X, Y, and Z. Um, Again, like I really do love the school. I am a, a proud Wildcat Villanovan, but I would love to have the opportunity to go back and just kind of shake a couple more cages. I don't think I shook enough. I think I could have done more and been a louder voice. My voice was loud, but not loud enough. Now, so, would you? Um, would, I would love to go back. Would you do those things to change the school, or would you do those things to change Natalia? Both. Um, more to change the school because I think I, I, I definitely got a fair share of how it impacted me, but I definitely would love to have more opportunities to be able to to work on the student body. Um, and I, I had my opportunities to, to help recruit. I did work with the admissions office when I was there, and I made it very clear that, you know, we need to have more urban kids. We need to have kids that aren't white, that, you know, are Latino and Latina and, um, you know, stop just bringing in these the the people of color to fill your sports spots and um you know we just we needed variety and i was tired of seeing the same kids who looked exactly the same i couldn't tell the difference between people half the time that i was there and that speaks volumes um and you know there were definitely people on on the faculty that wanted to see that but didn't do enough to make that happen. Um, and there are a lot of conversations that happen on that campus, but they kind of get brushed under the rug after a while, again, because 
it is not the 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 popular voice. It is not the the popular opinion. Yeah, well, so me, I think I would have done. Let me ask you this question: You got a little sister. She's not too far from yeah. graduating from high school. No, she's not. I hate thinking about it. <laughs> and and so you're her coach, and you're going to yeah. say, "Go to Villanova. Don't go to Villanova." Um, she she's going to apply. We were actually just talking about this uh, Tuesday. She's off this week. So her and I were having the conversation about college and, you know, the kind of pressures that come with it and so on and so forth. And I told her that she, you know, pick. I want her to apply to Villanova, to Villanova, but I'm not going to ask her to go there. She's a completely different person than I am. So I wouldn't expect her to want to survive in that environment. Um, my sister also looks a lot more Latina. If you want to put stereotypes on it, she's darker. Um, she, you know, is very, she can't pass for, for white the way I very much am aware that I can. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if she would end up at Villanova. She's a little bit more of a free spirit. And I think Villanova is a little bit more conservative than she may want. Um, but she's definitely going to apply. She doesn't have much of a choice for that. Um, and she is going to the great debate this year at Villanova. So she'll definitely get a taste of um, just kind of being on campus. Well, wait a minute. But if she, if you're going to be the education director, is she going to have an edge? I mean, are you going to let her do her own thing? Or, 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 or is Big not, Sister going to be coaching her? Come on, be honest. No, 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 no. I am very well aware I will ruin her experience. If <laughs> I, I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe a word you're saying. <laughs> I just want you I to know I promise that. my mother and my mother will have my head on a silver platter if I bother my sister at all. Um, so I, I made a vow to both my sister and my mother and myself that I will very much stay out of her hair. Um, and a lot of the staff members that are going to be there this summer know who she is. And I, I also made it very clear to them to not treat her as my sister or as somebody that you know. Let her experience be her experience. But, she, um, but she's, been hearing, sister, she's, been, she's been hearing these things since she was a little girl about college and about um, the great debate reality when <laughs> she read the third reality when she was in like the sixth grade because i have two <laughs> copies and her and i read it together so it's a little scary um <laughs> so she 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 may not be necessarily coming in with an advantage but i know that she's she's a little worried because in her head she sees how crazy i am uh about nhi and she she doesn't know if she wants to be as crazy as I am, but I'm hoping that she will be secretly. And now for a quick break. The National Hispanic Institute is an organization with a 37 year history of working to change the social narratives of our young Latinas and Latinos to help them envision a new America, a new Latino community, a new direction, and a different kind of culture. We want our young people to be inspired by who they are and see the asset value of our culture and these 800 million people in this vast amount of land that starts all the way in Canada and goes all the way to the tip of Argentina. Our hope for an alum is that, A, that they have the mindset of giving back to their community, that they want to help, they want to contribute and B is that they realize this throughout their entire lives and make leadership part of their overall journey throughout their whole life. The National Hispanic Institute 
has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. It has literally educated and re-educated an entire generation or two now of young Latinos and their allies around the country, around the world, to think about our community and think about our role in the community as being change agents and ultimately in advancing the cause and the needs of our community. Personally, the National Hispanic Institute has helped me reach goals and do things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do before. And so what we did was create these learning experiences where young people could learn to be in charge of things. We just encourage people to go way beyond a career in life. We want to see them have a community calling. NHI is a place where I come and I have to learn how do I pass on values. And then the benefit of that self-belief that it's possible, things are possible for all of us, and that we can contribute to the success of others. We look at the richness of our community, at its value, at its capacities, and we go from that point forward. We don't want our young people to look at themselves and their communities and look down. We want them to look up and be inspired. And now back to the conversation. Let me take you. Let me take you in a different direction. That I. That I. The reason yeah. I called. Yeah. You know Alex Ocasio, and uh, she's running for the U.S. Yep. Congress, and you know that she graduated fourth in her class at Boston University. You know all that. And I used mm -hmm. to. I used to remind her that at a given time in her journey in her trajectory, the bottom of friendships were going to fall out because mm -hmm. the kids she went to college with at Boston were not going to be her neighborhood friends that were part of her journey coming out of the Bronx and coming out of New York. Mm -hmm. What happened to you? When you left, you left a sorority, as I recall, and you left a particular my, my class of people with whom you shared maybe not a journey, but you certainly shared an environment. Were those contacts advantageous to you or did you no longer get to see them interact talk pursue life have a frame of reference for the life you were going to take yeah yeah no i, I so funny enough i'm i'm extremely social but i'm also very anti-social um i i can be open but also to very to myself uh so i didn't make tons of friends at villanova and that was by my own choice and if i could go back i would change that a bit um i do keep in contact with my sorority sisters uh but in a sense for it to be advantageous no um i i for me i never came out of college thinking that these are going to be my lifelong friends um i i took college more as a learning experience rather than I'm going to be friends with this particular male or female for the rest of my life. Um, I'm very picky, not picky. I'm very particular, however you want to put it, when it comes to the people that I consider I'm going to know this person for the rest of my life and I'm going to make sure that I invest my time and resources in this particular person. Um, I can't necessarily say that I walked out of college thinking that those people were going to be with me um, people I grew up with here in New York, definitely, and they continue to be even when I was in college and I left them because uh, everybody kind of stood home and I was the only one that went to college. Um, and that had its own interesting experience. But So you know, you're, are you caught in between I, two I, worlds? I'm curious because I, I, I think oh my because, God. Of <laughs> yeah. because of our friendship, because of our friendship, I know some of your 
friends from where you grew up and where you lived. Yeah. And I remember your grandmother. Oh my God. And then there's the Villanova friends. And I'm going, is she caught up between these two worlds? And is, are there two competing worlds? Definitely. I mean, it's, I remember my sophomore year, I invited a handful of my friends that I grew up with to come and stay on campus. It was one of the most uncomfortable weekends I have ever had in my life. And I get I get emotional about it in the sense that it they looked at me and they were like, wow, like you have the best food and this is the most beautiful campus. I wish I did this. I wish I did this. I wish I did this. And I it just it broke my heart. Not that they didn't have the opportunity to do it because they very much did. They just took a completely different direction than I did. And I felt that it was more of something that was making a difference between us rather than bringing us together and us kind of sharing this really cool weekend at Villanova. Um, but once I came back and I graduated, we were all back at the same place. And I was happy that that feeling went away. And yes, I'm I'm the, the kid that came out of the hood with a degree. But, um, you know, we we still find ourselves living paycheck to paycheck anyway so we still have the same uh the same issues from before um but it's definitely two different worlds of you know you you had this four-year experience with people who kind of went through the ups and downs of being in college and my my friend group um didn't consist of any upper class white people um so most of the people I was friends with very much came from the same kind of background I did um but then I also have my friends who some of them didn't even make it out of high school. So um, you're you're saying that bankers and employers weren't lying in the street when you graduated from Villanova? <laughs> Hell no, no, of course not. Um, I mean, I definitely had an advantage at the fact that I went to a Catholic school, and here I am working for you know the Archdiocese of New York. Um, no, I didn't. Did I have friends that did? Hell yeah, but they all went to the business school. And I didn't want to be in the business school. Um, so for me, I, I took a different route. The major I chose, I didn't choose because I was interested in it. I chose it because the professors were the ones who were shaking the cages and trying to change the campus. And I'm like, I want to be taught by them. So I followed, you know, in, in that particular major. Um, but no, there wasn't anybody lined up saying, hey, I want Natalia. Um so it, it's uh, it's to me, it's not that big of a deal. It is what it is. I have my degree. I went to Villanova. I'm proud to say it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that. It's, you know, it's, it's a form I, of I became social, more popular because of it. Yeah, it's a form of social currency. I, I wanted to I, I wanted to just yeah delve into one other little deal here and then shift uh, attention to another topic. When your friends went to college, because yeah. I, I remember having a similar experience. Do you think they were saying? These are things we never had, or do you think they were saying she's showing us what we will never get? I think it was more of the latter in the sense that these are things that we're never going to get, and it more it has to do more with the fact of the decisions that they made um because we we all came from the same base, you know we we all went to Catholic school and, you know, we all grew up in the projects and we all, you know, only had one parent. So a lot of our households are very similar. It's just some chose like, yeah, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go to community college or, you know what, I, I'm tired of going to school. So I'm just 
just going to drop out now and not even finish high school. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling college, so I'm just going to kind of work my way up and see how networking does for me. Um, so I got a lot of, you know, oh, I wish I would have went away to college or, um, it was more of, yeah, I'm never going to get this because at this point I, I don't have time to do this or I, I no longer have the opportunity to do this. So do you think, um, do you believe, Natalia, that they will never get there, whatever there means? Do you think there is a conscious realization that somewhere along the line, life has already left them behind and they're glad for their friend Natalia? And this is because it's New York and it's because the opportunity structure is not there and therefore no no not at all when so there initially in your first question there was villanova was going away to college um that's different do i think that they'll ever go away to college no there as in maybe in in terms of success and and lifelong happiness and being able to achieve, achieve your your dream do i think they'll get there yes at different times yes um, they may get there before I do, and I'm quote unquote the one with the degree and this quote unquote social status or whatever. Um, I, I think that yes, very much you can get uh, caught up in just being a person that pays bills and you know pays rent and all this other stuff. But I, I'm I'm very aware and have had multiple conversations with my friends that you know there's there's more to life than just being a bill payer, and I know that they all have their dreams and will find a way to hustle be a New Yorker and hustle their way to achieve them. Um, and I just think that's the, the day and age. Yeah. Opportunity is, is few and far between in New York, but uh, the friends that I have and the people that I grew up with, including people like Alex Ocasio, we, and excuse me for not being politically correct, but we bust our asses to get what we want to get. Um, and there is no way that you're going to tell us no, whether we have a degree or not, whether we graduate from high school or not, we're going to make it. Now, is that um, because you so, went to Villanova and Boston University? Is that because it's your personality growing out of New York and the hood? Personality, hands down, hands down. Whether I went to Villanova or not, whether I went to college or not, that is ingrained in me. That is my family. We've been in New York. Well, my mother's side has been in New York for the past five generations. That is who we are. We have no other choice but to hustle because if you don't hustle, you're going to be dead. And that's it. So I, I, whether I went to college or not, this is still going to be a part of who I was. So project that for me 20 years from now. I know that you're going through a divorce right now with New York. At least I think you are uh, with, the idea, <laughs> <laughs> with the idea of moving to Texas, not Texas. Yes, and, Houston and, in particular. And, yeah. and the little bird has told me also that you were thinking of Houston as a possibility. Is, yes. there, is there a reason? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm exhausted. Uh, New York definitely takes a lot of energy out of you. Okay. And for me, I'm, I'm going to be 24 next month. I'm, Whoa. I'm really young. I consider myself a baby. I am a baby. Um, and for me to be this tired and to feel like I'm a billion years old, like my knees hurt. <laughs> my knees hurt. My back hurts. I don't want to feel like this. Um, and a lot of that has to do with my job um, requires me to, to, to hustle. And I, I, I want to, I want to always have the hustle in the, in my blood, 
but the kind of toll that it's taking on me right now is not one that I feel is healthy physically and mentally. Um, and also for my family as well, because I'm so tired and exhausted, I find myself um, being disgruntled a lot more often and, you know, not being very understanding to my family dynamic that I technically infiltrated once again after graduating from college because I live with my mother and I'm proud to say that because I don't pay New York City rent. Um, I contribute to it, but don't pay it fully. Um you know, I, I'm, it just doesn't make any sense financially to live up here. So I'm just trying to find a better route to hustle in. Um, cause I'm busting my butt to, to barely scrape two pennies together. And if I can live in a place that me hustling is going to result in something, then yeah, I'm going to pick up and move there. So I'm hoping Houston is it. My mom's hoping that it's not, but I'm hoping Houston is it. Is she going to go with you? If I have kids. Yeah. Which if, I don't plan on having kids till in little, my 30s. So is the little I'm, sister going to go with you? She's very reluctant, but she hasn't been to Texas yet. But I'm more than positive I can convince her that, you know, once once she's done with high school and she does her whole college thing, no matter where my mother and I are, she's going to follow. Just tell them it's all about the horses. You see horses one time and it's over. The love affair begins. We have horses here. We have horses here. <laughs> well, not on them, but we have horses here. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to bring this to a close for a very simple reason, uh, and I'll share that with yeah. you. I'm also an, an Uber for my granddaughter, Mackenzie, and uh, <laughs> Grandpa needs to be at the elementary school to pick her up and take her to go of get a, go get a snack and and just be together for a little bit. You've been with us You want to pick me up too? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you've been with us since you were a freshman. How many years has that been yeah. now? Almost 10. 2019 will make it 10 years. Wow. So right now I'm at nine, but it's it's been it's been a nice almost decade. Well, I love I, it. I want to know, I, I, I want the listening well. audience to know that Natalia Palmarini is very close to the National Hispanic Institute. She's a very dear personal friend of mine, and I've always admired you for your guts and your grit. I want them to know that that you also changed NHI, and you've always contributed. You were an intern. Uh, you've been here. You've been a great support system. You're now an educational director, and you direct, help direct the Northeast Great Debate. Uh, you've served in multiple roles in this organization. You've always been a very loyal supporter and giver and uh, uh, a person who's willing to donate uh, even when you had to stretch a dollar. And if you don't think I've recognized that, well, then you're very wrong because I recognize your loyalty and your support and your love for the work. And I want you to give a special thank you and hello to your mom and your little sister and know that we here love you very deeply and respect you and look forward to you being and joining our family in Texas as time permits. And we'll look forward to seeing you again. Okay, we're going to sign off. And thank you very much, Natalia okay. Palmerini. Thank Bye-bye. you, Ernie. <laughs> thank you. Have a good one. Bye-bye. For more information on the National Hispanic Institute, please visit our website, www.nationalhispanicinstitute.org. Call us at 512-357-6137. Find us on Facebook at NHIHQ or on Twitter NHI underscore news and at Instagram and Snapchat NHI underscore news. Thank you to Union Pacific for their generous support as a sponsor of the NHI Podcast Network.